morning, everyone. Today's really a beautiful Mass. <clears throat> it's an odd year for Christmas in terms of the timing. But I think it's really beautiful for us to be here together, so close to, to Christmas Day. Uh, and just to enter into the mystery and the beauty of, of where we're at in the liturgical year. So when I was preparing today's homily, the way I'd like to frame it, and kind of, I kind of gave it a title, it helps me, maybe it'll help you, I want to call today's homily, Joy in the Midst of Anxiety. Joy in the Midst of Anxiety. So a common thing this time of year, and not just now, but all through the year, is buyer's anxiety. We all have that, right? Where you go out and you buy something and you think, now why did I buy that? And you're happy for a few minutes or a day or a week or a month. But then you look back and you think, what was I thinking? Now maybe, maybe tomorrow you'll have that classic moment where a relative will buy you something and you'll say, you know, oh, you shouldn't have. You know, no, I, <laughs> and you really mean it. <laughs> We all have those moments. I had, I had a couple recently. The times, I think the times that I feel the most buyer's remorse, remorse tends to be around music. I, listen, I buy less music today because of Pandora and those sorts of things. But every once in a while, there's a memory that comes up. And music is so powerfully associated with memories for us. And in my life, the, the period of music that has so many memories for me is that most glorious of decades. We call it the 1990s. Um, and so every once in a while, I'll hear a song, and it'll remind me of my teenage years and my high school days. And I'll think, oh, yeah, I remember that song. I need to get that song. And then you go on iTunes, and usually you know the album's like you know, $12, but they say you can buy the whole one for $4.99. So recently, I kind of did that, and I, I went for the bait, and <clears throat> I bought the album uh, Verses, which was the first album from a band called Pearl Jam. And I was all excited for a little bit, and then I remembered why I haven't listened to them since 1998. There was one other album I did that with, but it's so embarrassing, I'm not going to tell you. So... <laughs> We've all been there. You have that remorse. And what's going on there? There's one simple line today that I think breaks open the temptations of this time and the reason that you and I have a joy that is different. St. Thomas Aquinas says that no one can live without joy. No one can live without joy, and he says, which is why those who are deprived of spiritual joy turn to carnal pleasures. Now listen to that again. No one can live without joy, which is why those who are deprived of spiritual joy turn to carnal pleasures. And I've said it before, but I think that's one of the most insightful things I've ever heard in my life. Think about it. When you're having a tough day, 
when life's kind of beaten you up a little bit, where do you go? How do you deal with that? Last mass, we had this little, like, four-year-old boy sitting right here, and he was like, home. I was like, that's a good answer. You must have a good home. And I told him, though, the place I go is called the ice cream section of the grocery store. And don't we do that? If you are lacking joy in your life, when your heart's heavy, when your life seems hard, when work has you down or, or family relationships are difficult, it's hard for us and we want to feel that joy, and so we look for it. And so we look for it in, in drinking or in food or in other things, maybe more dark things. No one can live without joy, which is why the one who is deprived of spiritual joy turns to carnal pleasures. And brothers and sisters, isn't that the world today? We all know it, right? Christmas for the world, it doesn't really mean anything. It's good. It has warm kind of sentimentalities around family and certain types of food, and people try to be nicer to each other, and, and there's good there. But the world doesn't really have hope. The world doesn't know what we know. The world doesn't have that answer that says, I am loved, my life has purpose, it's going somewhere. That I have union with God. And so right now the world distracts itself and it just goes crazy after pleasurable things. None of them are bad in themselves. But I think the reason that our culture does that is because it no longer believes in God. Now, why are we talking about all this? Today's gospel is one of the richest gospels that exists. It's, it's so beautiful and so powerful. I wish we had more time with it. But here's the thing. Today, when Gabriel appears to Mary, it's, it's such a beautiful scene. It's been painted by famous artists all through history. Probably the most famous is by Fra Angelico. But Gabriel comes to Mary, to a virgin betrothed, to a man whose name was Joseph, to the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. He came to her and said, Hail, full of grace. Now here's the interesting thing. When you greet people, when you go to Israel, in Jesus' day and today, if you go to Israel, the way Jews greet one another, what the, the way they greet each other is they say, Shalom, which means peace. So when you go to Israel, you can say, well, Father Brian taught me one word. Right? That's how they greet one another. They say, Shalom. And Pope Benedict has this wonderful reflection on this. Gabriel, just a, earlier in chapter 1, he appears to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. And Zechariah is so scared of the angel, the first thing that Gabriel says is, do not be afraid. The normal thing you say to each other is shalom. But Gabriel's first word to Mary 
And this is so powerful. The first thing he ever says to her is he says, Kyrie, which literally means rejoice. Pope Benedict says that that word, rejoice, is the beginning of Christianity. And so today, in the time we have together, brothers and sisters, I just want you to enter in with me into Mary's joy. Mary's joy is supposed to say something to us. We all want joy. We all want happiness. And we usually seek it in externals. My favorite thing, I think I've heard Pope Francis talk about, that he has this beautiful line in The Joy of the Gospel, where he says, Sometimes you and I are prone to to complain and to get down, and we act like we could only be happy if a thousand different conditions were met. Isn't that true? I feel that way sometimes. Last night, I gave the worst homily in the history of Christianity. It was was so bad. And let me tell you, when, when I give a bad homily, then you have to stand at the altar and say Mass, and I just sit there, and I know you're all judging me the rest of the Mass. But I know in my life, I, I, to be happy, I feel like my homily has to go well. I have to be healthy. I have to have enough me time. I have to have a good hair day, which I usually do. You know, these kinds of things. Everything has to go right. You have to get the right lane in I-25 where you pick the perfect lane and it's moving. And if one of those things goes wrong, I'm robbed of my joy. And Pope Francis reminds us that God has not called us to a life like that. That you and I have a joy that runs deeper. And the joy that you and I are called to is Mary's joy. So let's talk about that. How did Mary, how did she receive that joy? What was it that made her joyful? And I think, brothers and sisters, that Mary must have been the most joyful woman that ever lived. But what kind of joy was Mary's? It wasn't external. People come to me all the time and they say, Father Brian, if God loves me, why am I not X, Y, or Z? If God really loves me, why is my career not going the way I planned? Why is my marriage not the perfect marriage? Father Brian, if God really loves me, why haven't I found my spouse yet? And if it's a guy, I'm like, because you're supposed to be a priest. No, I don't really say that. I would never say that. Father Brady would, but, you know, that's his job. But we feel that way, don't we? You've heard me say it before. I feel that way. I'm like, you know, something goes wrong in my life, and I'm like, Lord, really? Come on. Like, celibacy right? Like the anxieties of being a pastor. Everything's supposed to be easy, remember? But it doesn't. It doesn't go that way. And we, but we all feel that. We feel like if we're going to have joy, God has to make our life look a certain way. Brothers and sisters, why was Mary joyful? Mary lived a normal life in terms of, she was a normal human being. She would have had anxieties. She would have had 
difficult relationships. She would have had hopes and fears, joys and sorrows, just like all of us. But the day Gabriel appeared to her, heaven broke into her life. Think about that. The day that Gabriel came and spoke to Mary, she knew something she had known before. That God had chosen her from eternity and that he was breaking into her life. Now, brothers and sisters, that's meant to be your story. To be a Christian, we're normal men and women. We have difficulties, we have fears, we have anxieties. But somehow, God has broken into your life. Gabriel says, rejoice, Virgin Mary, for the Lord is with you. Now think about this with me. It's easy to think Mary's life could have been easy. After all, she had Jesus himself inside of her. And she was the mother of God. But there's two points I always like to bring up this time of year. The first thing is this. Mary's pregnancy as a 14-year-old girl. Imagine how difficult that is. Imagine Mary going out in public as she's starting to show her pregnancy. Imagine the looks she would have had in her town in Nazareth. Even harder, more difficult would be the fact that Mary cannot explain her pregnancy to her family or to Joseph. How does a 14, 15-year-old girl Tell her parents, yes, I'm pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Mary's yes to God, her profound yes, isolated her from those around her. That's, that's the first thing. The other thing is that according to Deuteronomy 22, if a virgin in Israel is betrothed and she's unfaithful to her spouse, by the Jewish law, she can be stoned. So brothers and sisters, Mary's yes, Mary's yes to God had a tremendous cost. Mary literally could have been killed because she said yes to God. But yet, do you imagine, do you imagine that Mary walked around with her head down all the time and depressed? I can't imagine it. I don't think it possibly was that way. I think Mary radiated joy from the depths of her being. Why? Because she had union with God. No one can live without joy 
which is why the one who is deprived of spiritual joy turns to carnal pleasures. Mary didn't need externals because the perfect love of God dwelt inside of her. Brothers and sisters, that's what it means to be a Christian. That's meant to be your story and my story. Is that, Lord, I can go through hard things. And yes, it'll be hard, and, and life doesn't get easier because I'm a Christian or because I'm a priest. But I know that you're with me. I know that I'm loved. I know that God desires, of all things, he desires to be in the life of Brian Larkin. And that is a joy that's beyond words. So sometimes, brothers and sisters, we have that buyer's remorse. And the problem often is that we desire the wrong things. Our hearts are not in the right place. St. Augustine says the entire Christian life is about cultivating holy desire. It's learning to delight in the right things. And we can all see that in others. You know people who, they just delight too much in things that don't matter. They're a little bit too into, I don't know, their fashion. Or then they love the Broncos a little bit too much and they're terrible and their wife is over and you say, it's just football. Being a Christian means learning to delight in the right things. Do you delight in God? Do you delight in the one who is truth himself, who is beauty himself, who is love itself? There is no higher or more beautiful good than God himself. And our joy this Christmas is not external. It's internal. It's the joy of Mary. It's joy in the midst of anxiety. Not that our meals go well, not that we got the right presents, not that my life is perfectly ordered. It's that I'm loved. It's somehow, it's that heaven broke into my life. In a normal life, as a normal guy, the light of heaven broke into my heart. And that gives me joy. So Jesus, today, Lord, we rejoice in that first word of Christianity, that word of Gabriel. Lord, I beg you, Jesus, remind us of that joy. Lord, renew our hearts that we would know that our happiness, our fulfillment, our love, our hope, and our joy is only in you. It's in you who have loved us, you who have brought us into the family of God. Jesus, we pray this morning that that love that broke into Mary may break into us and that this morning we might truly rejoice.